Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the New Testament book of Titus. The New Testament book of Titus and Titus chapter number 2. The book of Titus and chapter number 2. We're continuing with our series of the pastoral epistles as we've been walking through bit by bit, exploring the books of 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and the book of Titus. We understand that God has inspired the Apostle Paul to direct him to pin the book of Titus to give instructions to his son of the faith how to become a pastor or how to be a pastor and how to organize and work with these things. We saw earlier that the Apostle Paul had left Titus on the island of Crete for the purpose of ordaining elders in every city. With this, he also gave him the responsibility of how to ordain elders, the qualifications, how to train them, the things you're looking for, and then the idea to guard from false preaching. And that there is ways to help protect and guard a church from false preaching. So with those type of things set up in chapter number one, we now move to chapter number two and see this continuation of setting up a functioning church and things that need to be instructed and set in order. So if you don't mind, look with me in the book of Titus chapter number two. The book of Titus chapter two, and notice with me in verse number one. Titus chapter two and verse one, the word of God says this, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. That the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith and charity and patience. The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness. Not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. That they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark the people that's being addressed in this passage that we want to cover this morning? So notice with me in Titus chapter number two, Titus chapter number two, and notice with me in verse number three, the phrase, the aged women. The aged women. And with the Lord's help, we'd like to see the instructions given concerning the aged women. If you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for you being a wonderful God. And as we come to you now, we're just asking that you would give us wisdom, give us discernment, that you would open up this passage in a way that would not only give us some insight about how the churches in Crete were supposed to function, but how our church is supposed to function, how we're supposed to organize our efforts in reaching our people and our community for the Lord. Again, we have a lot of things going on and a lot of people we're praying for currently. But for now, we're asking that you would open up our attention and draw it to your word, that your Holy Spirit would get its perfect work done that you would fill me with your precious spirit, and that I would be dependent upon you in every little thing. 
Thank you again for the responsibility and the privilege it is to open up your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, again, as we've already put some context that Titus has given in chapter 1, the qualifications of leadership, and then how difficult it is to pastor, to work in a place like Crete, that there are many people who are teaching things that they ought not to teach. And then what he's doing is he's putting things on different sides. He's putting the things that they should do on one side and the things that are in error on the other side. He's setting it in order. Now, if the church in Crete is going to be the church that it ought to be, each of the groups inside of Titus here is going to have their own responsibility to live the Christian life the way that they ought to. What do we mean by that? We mean that a church isn't determined just by who is pastoring, that a, a true testament of a church, the true measure of a church is not in its size, but in its likeness to Jesus Christ. That means everyone has a responsibility, not just the pastor, but everyone has a role to play. Everyone has a part to play to live a godly, holy life. And as we see here in the book of Titus chapter number two, that there are several portions that are given here of people that are supposed to do and what they're supposed to do. Now, we know through history that the church is judged by the conduct of the of the women in the assembly more than any other criteria. That all throughout history, if you want to see how a church is likened, it's likened by the behavior of women inside of the church. That's how history has always viewed it. And so because of that, women have a huge responsibility inside of the Bible to live holy lives unto God. <coughs> the people who assemble together and claim to have changed lives are demonstrated by the lives of these ladies. Notice with me in chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, but speak thou. Now remember as we've described before that this is a personal epistle that is written to the uh, to Timothy. And Timothy's acting as a as the office of a pastor, and he has a responsibility to teach others to take this role. Verse number two, but or chapter one, chapter two, verse one, but speak thou. So Timothy, you speak those things which become sound doctrine. Remember the word sound carries the idea of healthy. So Timothy or Titus, you have the responsibility of instructing healthy doctrine so people can live the lives that they ought to live. And so what we see here is that there is a cycle. We see that there are things that the aged women are supposed to know and live and behave so they can in turn teach younger women. And the younger women will become aged women, more mature women in the Lord. Then they will teach younger women. What we see here is the cycle of discipleship. Sometimes we wonder why ladies are not <laughs> following after the Bible. Partly it's because they've never been taught. Because they've never had someone more mature in the Lord pull them aside and instruct them how to follow the word of God. And so now we have households, families that are falling apart. We know that men have a responsibility and we cover those things. And women have a responsibility and we're covering those things today. And so if you don't mind, let's look in the Bible here and let's examine some things that the women, aged women, the mature women in the church, mature in the Lord, are responsible in knowing and being so they can in turn teach someone else. The very first thing I'd like to show you here is that the aged women know the truth. 
the aged women know the truth. Notice with me in Titus chapter 2 and verse 1. Speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Remember our doctrine is our belief in teachings. And the word sound carries the idea of healthy. We've shown this over and over in Timothy and now in Titus. That this idea that the pastor is supposed to make sure that the doctrine that is taught within there are sound and healthy doctrine. Do you know that there's some doctrine that is not healthy? There are some doctrine that hurts people. There are doctrine that cause people to choke. There are doctrines that cause people to veer away from the word of God. There are some doctrines that cause people to flee from the word of God. There are some doctrine that makes people sick and makes people diseased. And that we have to guard from this doctrine that hurts people. And this is the responsibility of a pastor, which we've overseen in the book of Timothy and Titus already, that it is the pastor's job to guard the church from doctrine, to know who's teaching and what is teaching. But the pastor has the responsibility to teach people doctrine, to teach people not only what they believe, but why they believe it. You know, that's something that is missing. Sometimes people will ask, well, what do you believe? Well, I believe this. Why? Because my parents believe this. Because my pastor believes this. Every person needs to know what they believe and why they believe it. That's important. And we know as we're going into the idea of the aged women, notice in verse 1, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. And verse number 2, it begins to bring up the idea of the aged men, the older men, the more mature men, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith and charity and patience. Verse number 3, the aged women likewise. Notice that word likewise. So we understand that the aged women are supposed to know these things as well. That Bible doctrine is not just something for men. It's something for everyone. You need to know what the Bible has to say about doctrine. May I take another pause and explain a little bit about doctrine? That every time the Bible uses the idea of doctrine found in the Bible, the word doctrine is always in the singular case. It's not never plural. When it deals with the idea. So it carries the idea that there's one doctrine of the Bible. Many aspects, many facets of doctrine. Every time the word doctrine in the Bible is used in the plural. It's dealing with false doctrines. The doctrines of devils. Doctrines of man. It deals with something that's outside of the word of God. But the Bible says it, it gives the indication by grammar there is only one doctrine, many aspects of the doctrine. And so if there's any part of doctrine that's messed up, it affects the whole because they all work within itself. And so the pastor is supposed to instruct the people about sound, healthy doctrine and teach them the different aspects so people know what they believe and why they believe it. The aged women, they're supposed to know doctrine. And we know that if the Women know sound Bible doctrine like anyone else. It will put them squarely against the world's standards. Do you know that the world's standards are against the Bible standards? And the further away the world becomes, the more different we become. May I give an example here? May I, I'm going to pull three volunteers. I haven't done volunteers in a while. So you, you, and you. Come here. <laughs> 
All right, let me give you an illustration about how this works. All right, <coughs> you are here, you are here. Now, we know that these are representations. For example, you are going to represent God. We know that you are not God, you are representing God. We understand that, okay? You represent the church. You're not the church. You are part of the church, but you are not the church. Then you represent the world. You are not the world, but you're representing the world, okay? And so what happens is that the church usually is automatically has a separation between them and the world. But if the church is just separated from the world and not separated unto God, meaning that they have a little bit of separation, but they're not hooked into God, that what happens is the world moves away from God, the church moves away from God as well. There's still a separation, there's still a little bit of a difference, but it's also further away from God. However, the Bible tells us that we need to be separated unto the Lord from the world. So what that means is that the, wor the church is hooked on to God. Now, we all know that the, we're always trying to get closer to God, but there's a little bit of separation. But as the world goes further away from God, because the church, because of us, are separated unto the Lord, the further the world gets from God, the more of a difference we look from God. Does that make sense? Now, this is important because we don't like to be different. That's part of our biggest problem. We don't like to be different. But the biggest evidence that the Bible works is the evidence of a changed life. That there is a difference in our life. Different, being different is not the goal. It is a byproduct of being unto the Lord. And when people understand Bible doctrine and they practice Bible doctrine they put themselves unto the Lord the world gets further and further and further away from God we will be different and that's a big idea that we will be different from the world and that this is something that not just the pastor has to believe but each people person, each individual in the church must believe sound doctrine and practice it, know what they believe for themselves, <clears throat> and we're going to be different. Remember that even as Christians, we are not better than the world, we are different from the world. We're not better than anyone, we are different because we're following something else. The world is following its system, we are following after God. You can't follow both, you have to choose one or the other. These women themselves must believe what God's word says and be able to stand on what God's word said. What do I mean by that? Because people are going to ask, why do you do this? Why do you go to the church? Why do you dress this way? Why do you don't say this? Why don't you do this? And we need to have a biblical answer for everything to be able to explain from the Bible why we do this? What is our conviction? We must have a Bible answer for each of these. And this is why the pastor needs to give sound doctrine. To instruct people in sound doctrine. Because people need to know what they believe and why they believe it. We live in a biblically illiterate society. Where, young women, where women cannot take the Bible 
and teach someone else, even younger women, what the Bible says. It's not only our right, but something that God has given us as a responsibility to do something with the truth we know. And so we start off with the idea that the aged women know sound doctrine. They know the truth. That aged women need to know the truth for themselves. The second thing I'd like to show you here is not only do the aged women know the truth, the aged women lives the truth. The aged women lives the truth. Notice with me in verse number three. It says, the aged women likewise, that they be in behavior, so how they act, how they behave, how they live their life, that they be in behavior that becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. So notice this, they are first of all supposed to be in behavior as becometh holiness. Now if you've truly accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, the Holy Spirit of God comes to live with inside of your heart and he will change you from the inside out. And the closer you get with God, the more that you strive after him, the more he's going to change you from the inside out. God changes you. It's more than saying, I know the truth. It's a truth that has to be lived on a daily basis. You can't live one way in the church house and live completely different outside of the church house and expect to influence people for the Lord. You know, how people see you at home is how they're going to see you. What you are in private is who you truly are. I meet people all the time who will say, I don't want to go to church anymore, or I stopped going to church because of hypocrites. What is a hypocrite? Someone who pretends to be something else. So at church, they pretend to be righteous. They pretend to be holy, but at home, they're nothing like that. That's what discourages people. That's what draws people away, is because we should be living consistent lives. You should live the same way Sunday as you do Monday, Tuesday, Saturday night, Friday night. There should be a consistency. And we can see that the aged women should live lives, should have a behavior. Notice again in verse 3, the aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness. It becometh holiness. I was talking with a police officer the other day, and he was talking about how he deals with children all the time that are not doing what they're supposed to be doing, who are not... Um, doing this and doing that. We were talking about the homes. And I brought up a point that as people coming to church, we can't resurrect in one hour what is put to death in the home six days of the week. Some people say, well, I send my kids to Sunday school to make them behave like a Christian. Well, if the parents aren't living like a Christian in a home, we can't make them. that They see how their parents live we can't in one hour turn it around. This is why it's important that the aged women live lives in behavior as followeth holiness. They have to live holy lives at home because that's what influences kids. Kids are watching. People are watching you. That's how they're influenced is someone else's consistency. And it has to be someone else other than the pastor. You have to be consistent in your own homes. If you don't mind, let's continue with this thought <coughs> in verse number three. The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness. Notice this next thing, not 
false accusers. Not false accusers. If you're not careful, the older you get, you'll become bitter, dissatisfied, and so happy that not only the tones change, but what you say changes. You become a griper and a complainer. It's amazing that for older people, it seems like there's only two ways they go. They either get sweeter or they get sour. Why is that? Because of bitterness, unforgiveness in their life. And they let fester and they become grumpier. And they get to the place where the words change. They gripe and complain about everything. And they cross the line from truth. Truth no longer matters to some aged women. Their opinion matters. That what they say, they could falsely accuse someone and it doesn't bother them. It just, they like to gossip. They like to, to accuse people falsely. And it's not so, it's not whether it's true that's important to them. It's that I have the right to say whatever I want. I could say this about them, whether it's true or not. An aged Christian women can't live that type of life where they gossip and they complain about everyone. They accuse people falsely without knowing all the evidence. The Bible says you can't be that type of life and influence people for the Lord. Notice as it goes on. It says the aged women likewise that they be in behavior as becometh holiness. Not false accusers. Not given to much wine. Oh, don't be carried away with anything intoxicating. The Bible speaks quite a bit about liquor. I was on a police call the other day. Forgive the personal illustrations, but these are fresh in my mind. And we went to a call where a lady was hallucinating and the neighbors had found the mother face planted in the ground. So the EMTs helped her out to her feet and she's fighting the police and yelling and kicking and screaming and, and getting violent. And what's happening is that her little child, a, a teenager, is out there taking care of the little kids and is acting more of a mother than her mother is. Mom, mom, listen to the police. Mom, mom, stop fighting. Mom, mom, get the help that you need. And she's acting, a, a teenager is acting as the parent. You know, it's going to be very hard for that mother to ever instruct that teenager because of how the mother lives. Then it comes time, the mother's going to have something important to say. Let me tell you something important you're going to need in your life. And that teenager's going to blow it off because the, the mother has no influence in her life because of the way that she lives. Because of alcohol has ruined her testimony. And it's just affected everything. The Bible says that the aged women, likewise, that they be in behavior has become holiness, not false accusers, not given them much wine. Notice this. Teachers of good things. Teachers of good things. If you're going to teach good things, you have to live good things. You have to live like those good things so you could teach them. Which brings us to the third thing. We start off with the idea that the aged women knows the truth. The aged women behave the truth. Then the aged women are teachers of the truth. Notice with me, if you don't mind, in verse number four. That they, who's this they? It's the aged women. That the aged women may teach the younger women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers of home, good, obedient to their own husbands. 
and that the word of God be not blasphemed. We'll cover tonight the idea of the younger women and the things that the aged women are to teach the younger women. And there are things, by the way, these aren't things that the pastor is supposed to teach. These are things that mature Christian ladies are supposed to teach to young Christian ladies to teach them to behave as a Christian. But they are to teach good things to these women. If you want to have a good influence and raise your children and grandchildren from the Lord, we want to help you. One of the problems that we have today is that we haven't had the mature, aged Christian women to be able to teach younger women how to behave in the Lord, how to live for the Lord, how to live before their children. And what's going to happen now is because we've raised generations of people who have not been taught how to serve the Lord, is that there's something catastrophic that's going to have to happen in the lives of our children and grandchildren to bring them back to the Lord. And that's not how God intended it. But because I understand people are doing the best they can with what they have, but wouldn't it have been easier? Let's think about some of us who are parents wouldn't it have been easier if someone went alongside with us and taught us things before we made the mistakes, before we messed things up? Absolutely. To have someone to instruct us, to give us some pointers, to give us some helps. Because when a child is born, the first thing you find is that there's not an instruction and manual attached to them. And there are many people who are, who are doing the best they can, but they've never been taught how to raise their kids, how to be good wives to their husbands. You understand that's part of the instruction. We'll get into that tonight in more detail. But you know that it's not a natural thing for a lady to know how to take care of her husband. You know, this is a good note. I married him. I thought he was going to be Prince Charming. And then day one, I found out he was not. What do I do with him now? Well, there's some instruction that goes with it. How do I deal with him when he wants to make a bad choice? Do I beat him over the head with a Bible? Do I slash his tire? What do I do? Well, that's the practical questions that a young bride is going to have to run into. What happens when that child that comes out, oh, look at this child, he's so perfect. Then you find out he's a liar. For example... In the middle of the night, you hear a blood-curdling scream. Ah! The child's dying. Is it a diaper pen? Is it a dirty diaper? You rush in there, and the baby looks up at you and goes, goo. He just wanted attention. What do you do? We, in, we have to work with people, and we're glad to work with people, but even putting kids in the nursery. And the first thing the kid wants is it wants his way, and he screams bloody murder. You know why? He wants the attention and he wants his way and he wants parents back. We have to instruct parents that, hey, guess what? They're not going to die. And you let them get used to being in there and they'll stop. But as long as you keep rushing back, they're going to keep doing it. And you know, parents want, don't want their kids to cry, but they need some instruction. I'm giving some practical things. We'll cover more tonight. But some of these things are not taught. And the people are doing the best they can with what they have, but they don't have a full toolbox. So now they're hammering nails with a, with a screwdriver. Have you ever done that? Well, if they have the right tool, it may help them to get the job done correctly. 
And that's the responsibility of an aged woman, not the pastor, the aged women, to be able to instruct, disciple the younger women how to do these things, to be teachers of these things. And we have this list. And again, we'll cover this list tonight. But notice, what is this purpose for? Why are the aged women supposed to know doctrine? Why are the aged women supposed to be able to live doctrine, live the truth? Why is the aged women supposed to be teachers of the truth? Notice with me in verse 5 at the very end, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Do you know how people judge a church? It's honestly not by doctrine. It should be by doctrine. They judge a church by how people behave. Namely, the women. We had a church once where there was a lady who met brand new visitors, first time visitors, met them at the door, shook their hand, and told everyone how much she hated the pastor and how things were falling apart at the church. Well, do you think the people were like, yay, I want to join this part? I knew another lady. She went around her work and everywhere she went and complained about the pastor and complained about the church and how they're doing things wrong. And then she would go, wait, my pastor told me to pass out a track. Will you come to church with me? No. And they wonder why, well, nobody would come to church with me. It's because they watch how you behave. They watch how you act. People, that's how people judge a church. If people come into a church and nobody shakes their hand, nobody welcomes them, do they want to come back? Absolutely not. Why? Because of the behavior of the people. And there are some people that are not taught. We try to teach our folks that if somebody comes in with a green mohawk and an earring and a cheek ring, and a nose ring, and a chain going from the earring to the cheek ring to the nose ring, and they come in, we're going to shake their hand, we're going to give them a Bible, we're going to have someone sit down next to them so they're not by themselves, and make them feel welcome. Because we take them from where they are and move them forward. But that's part of teaching. We have to teach people how to do that. Not that we're being mean, but sometimes we just look at the guy and stare at him. Don't stare. Remember your parents telling you not stare? We need to make them feel welcome. We want to help them. This is a hospital. People don't go to church because they're well. They come to church because they need help. And we want to help them. So first time people. And that's how people will judge a church, not by the doctrine, but by the behavior of the church, by the behavior of the people. And if the people are not behaving as Christians as they ought, the, name, the word of God is going to be blasphemed. People don't want to go to a church where the people aren't behaving like Christians. They don't want to go to a church where the people are gossiping all the time. Because one thing about a gossiper is that if they will gossip to you, as soon as you leave, they'll gossip about you. People know that. I don't want to go to that people because that's... They don't want to go to a church where they have people sitting on this side who don't talk to the people on this side. The word of God is blasphemed. And part of this is instruction. How do we deal with these things? How do we work with them? And as we can see here, it's personal one-on-one -on -one discipleship. An aged woman takes a younger woman and disciples her and helps her out to live like a Christian. How to raise our kids, how to help them behave their kids, how to work with them. And this is how Titus is instructed to help build churches 
by him not just doing all the work, but having other people discipling. Aged men teaching younger men. Aged women teaching younger women. That aged women, they are to know the truth. Aged women, they are to behave the truth. Aged women are to be teachers of the truth. That the word of God be not blasphemed. To be honest, how history, how people judge a church is by the behavior of the women in the church. That's what's going to catch their eye. And we need to have women who behave in holiness, have behavior in holiness. Behave as a Christian. Behave like they believe or like they believe what the Bible says and to be able to teach others to do the same thing. Again, tonight we'll talk about what the younger women are supposed to be taught, and we want you to come tonight. But as for now, let me ask you this. Have you been learning doctrine, meaning what the Bible says? Have you been putting it into practice? Maybe you say, I just don't know what the Bible says concerning these incidents, these situations. It'd be our privilege to teach you. Remember what we do is we have something called discipleship. And we define discipleship as developing the habit of obedience to Christ. That everything you do in the Christian life is a habit. You get in the habit of going to church. You get in the habit of giving to the church. You get in the habit of going to church. You get in the habit of praying. You get in the habit of reading your Bible. Those are all habits. And discipleship help provides accountability to help you develop these habits. This is all this passage is saying is the aged women are to know the truth, live like they believe the truth, and they'll be teachers of the truth. They're to be disciples. And that the aged women are to teach the younger women. They're supposed to disciple them. And as discipleship goes on, it helps a church to behave like it should. So again, where are you at discipleship? If you've never been discipled, we'd love to disciple you. If you're in discipleship, continue it on. If you've been, a disip- been discipled, then you need to be teaching someone And continue to teach them so that all of our church behaves like it ought to. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus. And I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 920- Five three zero six three zero eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three zero eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.